I on 2020 episode 69. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton here, your host of Eye on 2020, your favorite place to come Monday through Friday for all of the related events and news with the lead up to this 2020 election. I am focusing on this election from the libertarian perspective, and if you like what you hear, you can go ahead and uh, subscribe to the show, and then you can give me a five-star rating and review if you really like what you hear. That would be so helpful, and that would help me to beat those algorithms that Uh, Apple and all those other companies are putting out there to find out who's going to listen to what. I typed in the other day on Apple Podcasts, just search. I've just put in libertarian, and then my show doesn't come up anywhere. So hopefully I can start targeting it specifically by writing the right, I guess, the right scripts for my intros and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, the explanation, the show notes pages, I guess is what you call them in the podcasting world, so if I could write on my show notes pages in a libertarian way, just use the word libertarian enough, maybe I'll show up when you type in libertarian podcast on Apple iTunes, who knows, trying to figure all that stuff out, but the best way for more people to hear the show, though, is if you guys would go out there and share the show with your friends, and subscribe to the show, and then give me a five-star rating or review, because that's going to help me to get those algorithms to work in my favor. So uh, if you can do that, I would appreciate it. Otherwise, go ahead and just keep on listening daily. <clears throat> That's the best thing you can do as well, is just keep on listening daily, because I am putting a show out Monday through Friday for you, even when I'm going to be on vacation next week. So m- next week, starting Monday through Friday, um, this is the middle of April, I will be out of town. Hopefully you don't know my address, but I'll be out of town on a cruise and... I am going ahead and starting to put together all of the episodes for that week as well. So hopefully enjoy those because they'll be they'll be fun. I'm just going to do some non-news type talk, topics for you and just let you know uh, some general stuff about different parties and different uh, campaigns and uh, different issues that these campaigns are raising and so forth. I haven't really figured out exactly all five episodes and how I'm going to approach them, but I am working on it because that is the glory of using a podcast app like the one that I'm using, Anchor, is I guess I can go ahead and schedule these podcasts to come out. I didn't even know that until about maybe three weeks ago or so, and I'm very happy that I figured that out because now I can schedule these shows for Monday through Friday for you, so I still get a full weekend. So hopefully um, hopefully if you, if you like what you hear, like I said, go ahead and subscribe to the show. But I wanted to get into some news that is really, it's only sort of, really regards the 2020 election, but it's related to the 2020 election, the fact that it is Trump that did it, but it's more of an eye on the empire kind of piece. I have a website called eyeontheempire.com, and there I'm covering domestic and foreign issues that relate to our government, 
And also, I'm covering things that go on within the 2020 election as well on there by posting news stories and so forth. I've written a couple blog posts on there as well. But I just think that uh, this is kind of going to be a eye on 20 or an eye on the empire sort of episode right now. And the reason why I'm doing that is because this is news that came out, and it is very important you guys know the what's going on. <clears throat> so I'm going through my all my what I do to find find these episodes and or find the news for these episodes is I have a ton of Google alerts on different topics like presidential election, 2020 election, like all these different things. So anytime these things are mentioned online, I'm going to get an alert, I guess daily is what the way I set it up. So on a daily basis, I'm getting alerts from Google on the different uh, topics that I've looked into. Like I have each candidate's name listed and that's a Google alert for that. So I could always kind of know what these guys are doing for the next 18 months. I'll know what's going on as these guys, as these cam candidates drop out, I'll go ahead and, you know, start deleting those Google alerts and moving on to new Google alerts, Google alerts. But I also do this for Eye on the Empire so I get more news stories as well so that I could post those news stories to you and let you know what's going on in the world. So this one came across and it's just, it's from Fox News and it came out and it says, Trump designates Iran's Revolutionary Guard a foreign terrorist organization. They had been talking about doing this for a while, and I had heard last week several rumors that he was going to announce that on Monday, and I was thinking to myself, this is going to be a bad idea. So let me get into the article, and I'll kind of give you my my opinion on it later. It says, Trump, President Trump on Monday formally labeled Iran's Revolutionary Guard a foreign terrorist organization in Washington's first such designation for an entire foreign government entity. So that would be as if is if the Iranian government decided to list America's military as a terrorist organization. You can make arguments both ways. If If you're an Iranian and an Iranian government official and you have an America that has invaded the country next door to you and is bombing that country and so forth and is bombing and is invading a section of Syria, which is an ally of yours, then you can easily make the case to your people that maybe the U.S. government is the terrorist organization and vice versa. We as Americans or our American leaders can say something like that and, and try to make a case for that as well because Iran has these guys in Syria, but they're also working with some influence in Iraq and so forth. So, but this is the first time that Washington has designated a foreign government entity, their military, as a terrorist organization. Slippery slope, and I'll get on, I'll, I'll show you why in a little bit. The announcement, which officials said would put the military organization on the same level as terror groups like Hezbollah and Hamas, is the and Al-Qaeda, basically, is the latest administration step to increase pressure on Iran. <clears throat> Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, citing the IRGC's ties to terror plots, said the designation recognizes a basic reality. So he says, Mike Pompeo is basically saying that 
it's a basic reality that the foreign the Iranian foreign guard is a terrorist organization a revolutionary guard sorry is a terrorist organization this de- designation is in direct response to an outlaw regime and should surprise no one the IRGC masquerades as a legitimate military organization but none of us should be fooled wow so by Donald Trump doing th- this is what I want to get at by Donald Trump doing this, by labeling Iran's Revolutionary Guard as a terrorist organization, that is one step towards utilizing the 2001 declaration that uh, for the use of force, right? The authorization for the use of force against terrorist organizations all across the world. It has been legitimized to be used in Somalia, I- Afghanistan, Iraq... You know, everywhere that the military wants to go, that's what they fall upon, is to say that there was an authorization for the use of force against terrorist organizations, and we're allowed to go wherever we want to because of that. And it was passed by Congress in 2001 after 9-11, and they're going to continue to utilize that as the basis to invade countries into the future until the Congress decide until Congress decides to put a stop to it. So the only thing I see right now is a Donald Trump who's being pressured by the John Boltons in his administration, the neoconservatives in his administration to go to war with Iran and to force them to not have any influence within the region over over Syria, over Iraq even over Yemen. They don't want Iran to have any influence on these countries. And the more influence, the more presence that America has in these countries, the more influence Iran gets from the people of those countries as well, because they're standing up, they're, they're perceived as the country that's standing up against the U.S. foreign invaders, right? So, they're looked at as like a hero by a lot of these country, these the people in these countries. I'm sure, for helping Syria to stand up against the United States, for helping Yemen to stand up against the Saudis who are backed by the United States, and so forth. <clears throat> so we have a Donald Trump who is now declaring their army, their military, as a terrorist organization, and that is just one step in the direction of utilizing force against Iran. And I think that this is just a terrible mistake. And the only silver lining that I see is that it's the same way that Donald Trump just boosted up a lot of rhetoric against North Korea over time. For like the first year of his administration, he was just boosting up rhetoric big time against North Korea, saying that we have bigger bombs than you and all that, right? So the only silver lining I see is that somehow we get to that 4D chess BS stuff that uh, Donald, that people say Donald Trump has, that he plays with all these different political issues. Maybe somehow he's planning on just using that as a way to step up pressure in order to get them to come to the table and come up with a new nuclear treaty. I hope that's the case, and I think that it might be the case, but it also might be the neocons of the world 
that are in America and the neocons of the United States that are have this huge influence on this administration somehow. Uh, I mean, John Bolton is like his right hand man, right? And they're telling him to step up pressure on Iran, and that's going to lead to some sort of invasion or s- something. I'm not sure. I don't think that the American public, though, has the stomach for an invasion of Iran. I don't think that that's going to happen. And that's the that's the only good thing that could come out of, you know, that's the only good thing is that I don't think the American public has the stomach for another war. But then again, when Donald Trump says something, his 35% of people that just worship the guy are going to fall at his feet and say and do whatever whatever he says. They're going to fall at his feet and just go along with it. So if he wanted to, he can he can use this now as a stepping stone to attack Iran. Because, hey, they're a terrorist organization. We declared it. Well, the entire world community hasn't declared it, but America has, and that's good enough for the authorization for the use of force that was written in 2001 to go to Afghanistan and take out bin Laden. So, that's a little scary, and I thought that that was the number one thing I need to talk about today. Um, I also wanted to get into a few news pieces as well, so let me let me change the subject really fast. And uh, but let me know what you think about that as well. I'd love to hear from you if you can, you know, just post on you know you go to the Twitter handle that I have at I am the Empire and let me know what you think about that specific issue of whether this could lead to war with Iran or not. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Uh, my opinion is that I think it's like a 50-50 chance. I think that is a way for him to use, to have that door open. Uh, that's the first step to have that door open, but I think that the American public just don't have the stomach for it. So the only way they're going to be able to get a war out of this is to really boost up the propaganda campaign. And it seems like whenever there's a propaganda campaign to boost this stuff up, the news media just goes right along with it, in tow, in lockstep with the with the government. So we shall see, but let me know what you think at I Am The Empire. You can also uh, check me out at my website, IamTheEmpire.com also. But let's go ahead and change gears real fast. So Pete Buttigieg, or Buttigieg was on the news shows this weekend, and I was watching those and listening to those. And the guy, he doesn't really answer. When I was listening to him talk, he doesn't really answer a lot of the questions. He answers them very much like a, uh, like a politician, right? He, he, they ask him a specific question, and then he kind of dances around the question and doesn't quite answer it. But... The one thing that I noticed that he did, and it really frustrates frustrates me when politicians do this, but they're trying to stand out and they're trying to be like the person that's going to fix all the problems and stuff, right? And they ask him, you know, what makes you different and what makes you think as a mayor that you're going to be able to get elected? And he says that, I mean, his idea is that he looked at himself and the needs of the country at this time and the country needs someone that can bring the country together and all that. And obviously he thinks of himself as that person. I don't know about you guys, and I'm going to make this section short on this particular point, but I don't know about you guys, but I don't think that highly of myself in that way. I really think that it takes a unique person to think that. I, I can't imagine any of you guys even think that so highly of yourself that you are the unique person in the entire United States of America that can make that can bring the country together and, and, you know, make, make America great. 
I get not make America great again, but make America greater, I guess. That you're the unique person, just like Donald Trump says, I'm the unique person that's going to make America great again. And that's the slogan that he had, right? That I'm going to do it and that I'm the guy and that I have this big ego. That takes a huge ego to say that. And I just hate it when politicians do that. I really do. And it just frustrates me because um, I would never say that. I mean, I could never be that that egotistical, I guess. There's no humility whatsoever in these people. And I just wanted to bring that up. He did say, I mean, he, he made it sound like he is the only person that can do it. And uh, he is, you know, a unique person. And he has a unique message that's going to bring the American people together and all that. Just just blows my mind that people have such huge egos like that and uh, that's why I don't like politicians that's why I mean I follow the, I follow this presidential election and I followed the last one I don't I typically don't vote um, but I mean I will donate to a campaign here and there that I think that would be good for that person to be on the debate stage like I did with Tulsi Gabbard I did it back then with Ron or with Rand Paul and I did it with Ron Paul in 2012 but I just I mean I wish they were all like Ron Paul that uh, that was basically just saying, listen, I'm just trying to change people's minds, you know, and that he never said anything about him being like the unique person that could make the, that could change the world or anything like that. His message was, we need to end the wars. We need to, you know, end the Fed. We need to audit the Fed. We need to limit government. We need to make individual responsibility the biggest, you know, the most important thing in America. And if you do that, then things will be great. And uh, he did not have an ego whatsoever, and he does not have an ego whatsoever. You could listen to him. He has Ron Paul's Liberty Report. So if you ever want to uh, check out a really great uh, libertarian-leaning podcast that also focuses on foreign policy, I think that that would be a great place for you to listen. That's Ron Paul's Liberty Liberty Report. Uh, type that into your podcatcher. But, um, yeah, I just think that these guys are crazy when they do that. It just blows my mind, man. It really does. Um, that these people have such egos. So moving on to some more news, let me go ahead and hop to another subject for you guys. So the big news over the weekend also, and uh, I guess it was last week, is that the Democrats are going to have decided that they're going to try to get Donald Trump's tax returns uh, through force if they have, not through force. I mean, it's not like they're going to invade the IRS by any means, but they're going to try to use the law in order to get Donald Trump's tax returns, and I mean, I honestly, I don't know what the guy has to hide. There's got to be something in there. He he's he's been reluctant to release them, so I don't know that his, I don't know that it's going to hurt him with his followers by any means if he never releases them. Those people that love the guy, they don't care either way. They just think, well, he's rich, so he's just trying to make it so that people, you know, don't get all up in his stuff. Where the Democrats, they just want them because they think that there's going to be some kind of dirt in there. They're trying to find dirt. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think that he's bulletproof with his base. And I don't know that that's going to be a winning issue for the Democrats to go after him on that because the people that hate Trump already say, yeah, I'm going to vote against Donald Trump no matter what. And then you have the people in the middle that are just going to be swayed by the economy, whether it is. You know, do they really care about his tax returns or not? I don't know. I think it's just political pro- post- posturing by any means. But um, they're going after this guy for his tax returns. And I don't think that there's... there. Okay, so there's not a law that says that presidential candidates have to release their tax returns. There's no law on that issue. 
there's tradition since about the mid 40s or so mid 50s that presidential candidates have released their tax returns but there's no law that says that um and i don't think that the congress can really go after him on that he is a private citizen in general before he got elected so i'm pretty sure he has every right to keep those tax returns private but i think they went after some really obscure law that says that they can go after his tax returns. So we'll see how that plays out, but I don't know politically if it's going to really hurt Donald Trump or not. Now, what if it comes out that he didn't pay any taxes, that he um, did something underhanded or whatever? Like I said about his base, I don't think it's going to hurt him at all. And if he did something illegal, that would come out eventually anyway, right, Uh, with the IRS. But they're supposedly doing an audit on all his tax returns for like the last 10 years. Um, there are ways legally to really bind up the courts, I would imagine, in order to never have to release your tax returns because they are in audit. So we'll see how that goes as well. Um, but that's something the Democrats are going after after, but going after him for, and we'll see how, if that hurts him or helps him. We'll see. Now, Barack Obama recently said in an interview that uh, he's warning the progressives in the party that are running on this 2020 ticket that they might create themselves a nice little circular firing squad where they just start gunning each other down and it really hurts their election campaign but it really hurts the democratic party as a whole especially the progressive side um and i think that that's i don't know i've said this in the past i don't know that a a deep field is bad for the democrats right now because last time they had Hillary and they had Bernie, essentially, and they got one majorly flawed candidate that was kind of like the middle of the road candidate, and that was Hillary Clinton. And then Bernie Sanders being the you know farther left guy, the progressive, that you know it didn't benefit or that um, message got out there, and people listened to it, and people it kind of swayed a lot of the Democrats towards that very progressive democratic socialist message that he has but they still went with a hillary clinton now in this particular group of i think there's 14 people that have announced officially and there's like five or six that are you know planning on announcing and are considering announcing right uh I don't know that it's going to really hurt them. I think they're going to find a really strong candidate through all this, especially the way that they're doing their their uh, debates. So what they're doing is they're doing debates where they're going to divide it down the middle and half will be on one stage and half will be on the next stage the next night. But they're going to make it set up where it's just done by a lottery system on who's going to be on which stage. So it's going to cause more people to watch the debates. And each debate is going to have... Each of the debates is going to have two different, two separate debates. So you're going to have lots and lots of publicity for the Democratic Party over the next, you know, nine months or so. And I think it's going to really put their message on a pedestal for the world to see, for Americans to see. And it might sway some opinions because of it. Who knows? The people that just don't pay attention to politics, they're not going to pay attention to this. But the people that do pay attention to politics, that are swayable towards opinions, this is really going to benefit them by having a huge field. They're going to get two days, you know, for these, for the debates every single time. And they're going to have, you know, probably one debate a month. I think they're having 
10 debates total. So they're going to have 20 debates, essentially. And eventually it's going to whittle down. Like the first two debates, they'll probably have all of these, you know, 18 people in the on the stages, you know, eight, eight or nine on each stage during each night. But after that, it's going to whittle down to about, you know, eight, nine, ten people. And then they'll probably just have one debate at that point. But it's really going to put it front and center. Whereas the Republicans are not going to have that benefit. They're not going to have the hype around this candidacy, you know, this presidency. Um, so Donald Trump is going to have to do something that's going to keep him relevant on the stage. And that's going to be doing campaigns, tweeting the, tweeting the hell out of it, probably spending a lot of time tweeting about the debates that they're having, talking bad about these people, figuring out their weaknesses and things like that, because that's what he does best, right? So uh, I don't think it's going to be a circular, circular firing squad, but if they start going after each other's throats, then it might happen. But I heard somebody say this also. The huge field of candidates for the 2016 Republican side got us the worst possible candidate in the world, and that's Donald Trump. Or not us, but got them the worst possible candidate, which is Donald Trump. Uh, I could see that side of the story, but I think that Donald Trump probably would have gotten that nomination anyway because he was... He did have a really strong base. A lot of those people really liked him, and those people are willing to get out there and vote. And obviously, they did the same thing during the uh, at, at the election time against Hillary. So, um, but that circular firing squad—it could be, but I think that it's more going to benefit the uh, Democrats than anything else. So, in order to, or just so go ahead and wrap up the show today, I appreciate you listening. If you're a first time listener, this is a libertarian show, so I take everything from a libertarian perspective. Uh, hopefully, you'll keep on listening. Go ahead and subscribe to the show and give me a five star rating and review if, if you really like what you hear. And uh, I appreciate you coming out. Come on back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.